Hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome again. Um, this is Welcome to the House Mango Podcast, Episode 4, where today we're going to be talking about college and how um, it's kind of affected all of us here today. Um, my name is Slim, or Chad. I'm here with Ron, and also our special guest, Ginger. Ginger. We have Ginger here. Um, you'll kind of know him. I play... I play Destiny with him a lot pretty frequently. He's also kind of in our party games every now and then. Um, and he's active in the Discord. Um, want to also throw out that the three of us have been through um, a higher level of, of education. And we know um, kind of what that experience is like. Um, so we'll be speaking basically from our own personal opinions. Um, with it being college and kind of a... Um, broader and maybe nowadays some might consider a controversial subject um, what we say is ba purely based on our experiences and our own opinions and um, be sure to take that as such nothing we say is don't take it as gospel we don't we're not speaking straight from the bible or something it's it's just strictly our opinions so without further ado do you want to take the first question yeah, sure. Mango, somebody. All right, I'll take it. <clears throat> so, uh, first question: Did you go to college, and what was your major? If you want to disclose where and what. Um. So, I guess I'll start. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So sure. I I did go to college. Yes, I did. I, I completed an undergraduate, and then I went to um, a master's program. I have my master's in healthcare administration. I work in a healthcare facility. I lead the facility alongside our leadership team. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's it. Yeah, right? it's pretty it's pretty straightforward <laughs> question and answer. Um, I have completed an undergrad program. I have a bachelor's degree in computer engineering. Um, currently not using it, um, but I did go to the University of Toledo in Ohio. And I was, I only say that because the last podcast I said I was a mascot and that's where I was. So, <laughs> voila. Um, I went to undergrad in, uh, I got a bachelor's in animal science at the University of Finley in Ohio, which is kind of a small private liberal arts school. Um, and then proceeded to go to um, get my doctorate in veterinary medicine um, at Auburn University. Nice. Cool. Oh, okay. Um, working plus school, how do you accommodate the change of having um, no income slash still having to make an income while taking classes? Um, personally, I, I had, before I was a mascot, well, I, I'll say my freshman year of college, I didn't work at all just because I was trying to accommodate to the new lifestyle, go to class, focus on school, all that kind of stuff. After that, I was like, okay, now I'm, I think I'm ready for some outside money to come in. I have college under my belt. Um, I wound up getting a job as a shuttle bus driver around campus. So basically, I got my Class B CDL so I can drive a school bus. And um, essentially, I drove uh, basically like an RTA bus, like a uh, public transportation bus, in circles around campus. And... Basically, students would get on, some students would get off wherever the classes were at, wherever they needed to go, whether it be like the student union or engineering 
buildings or whatever. And that's what I did. Um, conveniently, that busing work schedule um, was strictly tailored to like students and their class schedules. So each shift was only two hours, but you could work two to three shifts a day, just like spread out. So I could have, mm -hmm. I could work, it's more specific timing, but I could work from 7.30 to 9.30 in the morning, go to class from 10 to 12, have another shift from one to three, go back to class and then close out the night with another shift. It was very convenient. It was very um, flexible with our schedule, with our actual class schedules. That's kind of was really nice to have. Um, later in my later in school, I, that's when I got the mascot job. And um, that was more kind of more of a set schedule, essentially, kind of just because there's big events that you have to go to and there's not. Um, obviously, there's other people that do it. So you're not always stuck into it, but that's kind of more outside. Um, as far as accommodating to the change of having no income, still having an income, blah, blah, blah. That was, I would say it was fairly easy, um, especially being a school. I don't, I don't think I spent a lot outside of daily life, I guess. Most of the time, if I needed food, I went to the like student union or the, um, dining halls and stuff they had like a little marketplace too i'd frequently go there and use like my meal plan and get a meal um i th I've, i think i adapted well to working and school it wasn't like working with some crazy eight hour shifts plus schooling mm -hmm. on top of that i mean it was two to it was two to six hours a day usually it was only four hours a day um five days a week monday through friday along with my class schedule. Usually I was off on Friday. So I still had plenty of time to do like schoolwork and stuff. So it was, it was pretty easy for me to accommodate that. Mm -hmm. did, you, did you work while in school, Mango? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, I had two jobs. Um, I didn't work freshman year. Um, I worked, the first job I worked was a, um, like we at the local performing arts center for the university. Um, I worked as an usher, so like it was actually kind of cool. I got to see some um, um, really, really cool like musicians and like people that are super intense in the field. Like I got to meet some people who've like won Oscars or whatever it is, like for um, certain albums or whatever the um, Oscar version of music is. I, I forget Grammy, Grammy, that one. Um, I got to meet like Grammy award-winning artists, and it was like super intense. But um, yeah. So I did that one. I think I did that one for like a whole year. And then my junior and senior year, I worked as a desk assistant in residence life. So like similar to like the um, the bus driving one, it was like two hours uh, shifts. And if you wanted to work doubles or you wanted to work more, you could. But it was convenient yeah. because I had the chance to work on like like papers or schoolwork or things like that. There'd be yeah. occasional times where it'd be like I'd hear people come in and like a group of 10 and they like they got their backpacks and all you hear is clinking and it's like well yeah <laughs> whatever i'm gonna let it pass i'm not gonna come on man like as, as long as you don't have it out in front of me i'm not gonna sit there and be Shoot like my books yeah 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 <laughs> right because it's funny because like one i remember one person like dropped their book bag and all you hear is like glass and they all <laughs> looked at me and i was like just just go <laughs> yeah just go <laughs> um but yeah, so I, I did that for two years, and then that was that was all the jobs I really had on campus. Um, 
I remember, so I don't know what minimum wage was for you guys in your state or where you were, but ours was mm-hmm. like, it was like seven twenty five. That was my first, that was it. I don't know yeah, if that was around like, there. Uh, yeah. It was like the federal minimum, right? Yeah. Right. What about you, Ginger? Do you have any? Uh, I had a lot of jobs in undergrad. Um, similar to you guys, I did not, um, I did not work freshman year. Um, once I started my sophomore year, my second year, whatever you want to call it, um, that's when I joined a fraternity and I was like doing more like outside of like activities, like going out and hanging out with people, doing more extracurriculars. Um, my first job, I got like a, as a student tutor at the student center. Um, and that was like, I didn't put a lot of effort into that. It was like a, you sign up for the shift and the subject. And I felt like I didn't do that a lot and immediately kind of just like threw that away. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started working more like off-campus jobs. Um, I worked at five guys for like a couple, like almost like a eight month period. Um, I worked at American Eagle for 30 days. Um, I worked at McDonald's for two months before they fired me. I worked at, and then my final job in undergrad was um, a pizza place. And I stayed there for almost two years. Um, mm-hmm. And I became a shift manager there. Um, and that was, that was the big, big raise. I made eight and $9 an hour working there. Um, so I was like feeling good. Um, but that, that job allowed me to, during the summer, I could transfer back home to the same pizza chain. Um, so Uh, I could work during the summer too. So that was really nice. Um, during the other summers, once I was later in the like junior, senior year, I was also during the summers working at a veterinary hospital, you know, shadowing and doing like, I would do like the eight to five there. mm -hmm. And then I would do like six to 12 midnight with at the pizza place um to close and then go back to the veterinary hospital the next day so that that one summer i was doing both i was working like 16 hour days and it was it was tough but the Mm -hmm. money was good Mm -hmm. um so i had a lot of jobs in undergrad um just something to fill the time and i felt like i wasn't in talking about like accommodating to change i i felt like i didn't notice it too much because there was the dining hall like in the early years Mm -hmm. um, with the meal plans and all of that um and the the refund from your loans, I felt like it lasted me a good while because I wasn't, I was still in student housing. I wasn't paying rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in my junior and senior year, even though I was off campus, um, I had a good friend who, whose mother was the tr- board on the board of trustees for the university and bought a house that housed eight people. And she bought it for her daughter who was there and for her friends to live there. And we paid $200 in rent, like flat for utilities. Everything was just $200 a month. And so I made out really good with that deal. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really need a lot of income to afford rent and things like that. Um, and veterinary school, I didn't work because, um, well, I, I did for a couple months in my third year. But in the initial two years, I mean, I was going classes from eight to five like straight classes the entire time Um, and then having to study and, you know, having up to three or four tests a week in each, um, each week. And then my third year, I started having some more money issues and wanted to make some money because I was just staying there doing nothing for an entire summer. I was like, at least I can be doing something. So um, I started working at Buffalo Wild Wings as a server. Um, 
And in a college town with a football town like Auburn, you know, there was some good tips left there. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll just work for the summer and, you know, quit back when school starts. And then I was like, but this money's really good <laughs> and I'm going to try and make it work and football season's coming up. So I lasted all the way till Thanksgiving of like that semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and made, I mean, there's Saturdays that I walked out of there with like $150 in tips um, from like football Saturday. So I made that last as long as I could, mm-hmm. but that's really the only time I was working during school. You actually jogged my memory because um, I was thinking strictly like on campus jobs but then I remembered I worked in my local hospital as a unit secretary in, like halfway through junior year. And I kept that up until um, uh, I, after I finished my master's and then I got like a big boy job. So you actually jogged my memory on that one. I completely forgot. So three, not yeah. two, my bad. Yeah, I bounced around all over the place there. Like my that second and third year of undergrad, I was like, I had like six jobs that I was bouncing yeah. between trying to find something stable. Mm-hmm. And I remember too, um, money at that time felt like a million bucks because like we, we all share the same situation where we had meal plans. We weren't paying rent or anything like that. So um, what else would you use that money for other than either one, save it or two, spend it on something that like you want, you know? Literally just like recreational activities. Yeah, like there's no, there was no responsibility, no bills to necessarily pay off. Well, okay, necessarily, <laughs> but you know, like there's no like, I'm not paying. Like I wasn't paying insurance back then. Now I am. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. So, man, it was sweet back then. <laughs> well, relatively speaking. Simpler time. Yeah, simpler times as opposed to now. <laughs> Next question. How well did you adjust to the college lifestyle? Boy, let me tell you. <laughs> but also, I did not. <laughs> I think this is where me and him have very different answers. I but, did not. But then I would, I would take a step further, and I would say, what is your definition of a college lifestyle? Is it like I would, I would classify college lifestyle as. You're thrown, I mean, you're plucked out of your hometown where you know a lot of the people that you went to school with, thrown into this community of 20,000 people or wherever you went to school. My my school is probably around sixteen mm-hmm. to 20,000. Thrown into this new community of all these thousands of people that you have no idea and you just have to make it work and try to enjoy yourself. <laughs> I'm like, just... I did not do that. <laughs> I'm like, Ginger, what's your definition? <laughs> I mean, I would say it's, it's similar. I mean, it's just, it's that essence of like that first step where, I mean, for most people, I mean, some people go to like your college lifestyle was, you know, either online classes or community colleges where you were. Mm-hmm. But for me, you know, that was that first step outside of, you know, my parents' like realm. Like I was the first step and chance to be like self-sufficient and independent and you know start making those choices for myself and seeing how i'm gonna make it through the rest of my life mm-hmm. um and i took that and ran i i loved it <laughs> i was like wait mom and dad who i'm about to say <laughs> mom and dad didn't love it very much they were on you all the time <laughs> i like i hardly ever called them i was just like living my life to the fullest and i was like i love this i'm great i'm doing great and they're like how are you? 
Do you call it? You never call? Yep. Like, I'm doing great. I got that <laughs> at home. Yeah. It was always like, oh, when you leave for school, you better call us. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I was like, he never calls us. I was like, sure. And then I didn't call him. So. <laughs> um, no, I, I think, I think, I'm yeah, pretty sure. Definition? It's pretty much similar to the both of you. I feel like I really harp when I think about Cod's lifestyle, like the independence and the good and the bad of that independence yeah. is, is like, you know, like you have all this freedom. You can do whatever you want in theory. But then at the same time, it's like you got consequences now. Like right. if you don't if you don't perform, if you don't do well, if you don't like you're you're impacting your future in a way that may or may not have super big repercussions. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like. I'm like the midway between the both of you where it was um, part of it was because like I got Asian parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, I like I remember like freshman year, I'd be home every weekend because they would come and pick me up and we'd go back home <laughs> every weekend. And I'd be like, you're one of those kids. I was one of those. And then like, I, I saw kids on campus packing up their cars to go home every single yeah. weekend. I was like, bro, it's not. And then like, <laughs> you don't got to. And then I remember at that time it would be like, Hey, can I not go home this weekend? Like, like, as, yeah. <laughs> like as, as if I'm asking, but, um, but then like towards like, I think like sophomore, junior, I stopped going home as often because, um, the only reason I think really, I, I truly went home was because I had that hospital job mm -hmm. and it, or like maybe like big events that happened at home or like, you know, it's like, uh, someone's birthday or Thanksgiving or yeah. something like that. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like I feel like I did adjust well because um, part of it, I feel like the work ethic was there. It was just more so how do I navigate talking to people that I've never met in my life before? How do I navigate? Uh, like, what's the right thing to do within my realm of ideas and what, you know, yeah. it's not right. Because, again, it's like almost a free for all when you walk in freshman year. So, yeah, yeah. And I, I think I what, what worked to my advantage is that I had a very strong et extrovert pluck me out and put me in the situation like with friends. Mm -hmm. And so like it was just like that dorm hall, like everyone's just walking up and down the halls. Um, and I don't even remember like what I was doing, but then like who eventually became like my roommate for the next three years, like just like popped his head and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing whatever it was like making my bed or, you know, mm -hmm. setting up my room. And he's like, you want to come up to the third floor, which was the girls floor. And he was like, you want to come up there? I've got some friends up there. We're just like hanging out, you know, getting ready to go to dinner. And I was like, why not? The mm -hmm. opportunity calls and I'll go. And then that like core group became like the next, my core group of friends for the next three years, four years. Mm -hmm. So let me let me ask both of you. Did you guys go to college with French from your hometown, or you came in fresh without any idea? Fresh, fresh. I I had kids. I had f sentences. I had people from my school go to the same college as me. Okay. Um. Only, really, only one of them. I probably would have considered a real friend. We played soccer together for all of high school. Okay. Um, but I would know like no best friends, I would say. Right. No. I feel like now that I hear Ginger say it, that's pretty much my experience throughout freshman year. 
was that like my roommate was a super, super social person because he had this idea of like his dad's college experience and his, you know, grandfather's um, college experience. And he was like, I'm going to make that same college experience. Like he had like, a um, uh, what is it? Like a, um, one of his like luggage cases was like this old like chess thing. And it had like fraternity stickers all over it. And it was like passed down from like his, like, I guess his lineage or whatever. So it was just like, it was like that. So um, similarly enough, like when we all moved in, we like, we all hung out. So our dormitory had like common rooms or common areas. I'm sure it was the same for you guys. Right. Yeah. But um, like him, he was like, let's just sit out here and let's just talk to people. And I was like, I don't really want to do that, but I guess I will. (laughs) Um, So we did that. And then we met, like, these, like, other guys in our, like, pod area. And, um, like, so then we became friends with them. And we played, like, Monopoly every night. Or, like, some kind of board game every night because it was just fun. And then our pod had the elevator to go up and down. So then we'd meet other people. And then all of a sudden, like, the entire pod is just, like, rife with so many (laughs) freshman college students. And we're all just talking, meeting up and whatever. Some people getting, like, like, the next day they're like, yo. I slept with that person. I was like, okay, like, cool, man. That's good for you. Like, freshman, yeah. yeah freshman. Listen, you still owe me rent. Yeah. <laughs> you pass, go. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that that's pretty similar, I would say. Was yours similar, Slim? Um. Oh. Kind <laughs> of. Uh, I uh, freshman year, I definitely still had that um, like super extrovert person that like wouldn't just say hi to whoever or do anything that you would tell him to even. Um, He definitely, I think he definitely tried to pull me out and take in places, which I would say probably a good 60% of the time I went along and was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll go, I'll go get food with you or whatever. Um, But I, I am just not that kind of person. I'm very, Mm -hmm introverted i like to stay home i like to just be i won't say be alone but just be like to myself and um i was playing i think it was destiny one at the time probably it should be should have been destiny one maybe i was still playing a lot of video games like i do now mm-hmm. so I, I was very much like I think after so long, he kind of just like stopped asking me to go because I just would stay in my room with my door shut playing video games all the time. <laughs> and so I was just not that person. <laughs> and I'm also like, if I, I want to say I'm not as much like this now, but if I, or maybe I am, I don't know. If I don't want to do something, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to force myself to do it to please other people so if you're gonna ask me to hey you want to go hang out with these 12 other people that i don't know and go get dinner i'll be like i don't know them so not really no i don't want to (laughs) and so then i just won't meet anybody and then i'm just kind of stuck by myself which again kind of my own my own doing i'm doing it to myself but at the same time it's like i could go with those 12 people i don't know and not enjoy myself and literally have zero social battery or I can stay home in the comfort of my home and be alone and enjoy my time playing video games with the people I enjoy online. 
mm-hmm. which that's that's a lot of the gripe that I even get today, especially from my parents, is oh, you should you need to go out and meet some people and go have a, go get a social life. I'm like, no. I play video games. I enjoy the people I play video games with online. They just all just aren't in my state, so I can't hang out with them. I hang out with them digitally. I'm like, oh, it's not the same. You got to go out and live free. You know, you're in your early 20s. You got to go live life to the fullest. I'm like, "Eh, I don't have money to do that. I'm here playing. I'm here enjoying my time with my friends online. Yeah, I think they're just virtual. I, yeah. I, I feel like the definition has changed for, for people our age as opposed to like them. They were like, oh, like we went everywhere, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, right. it's, it's different. Like, there's more avenues now to hang out with people. And that's yeah. not a bad thing. Can't just go down to but, the milkshake diner for yeah. $5.95. Yep. You know. But I think um, freshman year, I think I was, de- I was definitely like the most social out of my time at school. Mm-hmm. Um, as it went on, I definitely got more more introverted, more um, recluse. Is that the word? Like in, inward, mm-hmm. into myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like we kind of maybe all went through that where it's like, I feel like freshman year, you have like all these people that you know, and then by basically junior year, you pass by them, you say hi, you move on. Like, Yeah. You know what I mean? I, at least and like my, God. No, sorry, sorry. But at least for me, like it was like, like, I became closer to the people that I knew in the nursing program than I did outside anywhere because like nursing, you're with each other all the time. Right. So it was like, that became like the core group of friends. Not so much like the, like I lost touch out of the people because they like, um, that I met freshman year. Cause like they kind of all went separate ways. Like it was like, Oh, like, cause my roommate was a music major. I was a nursing major. Mm-hmm. One person was a law major. Another person was a business major. So then like everyone kind of just went and split. And it's fine. Yeah. It's not yeah. a big deal. In those early years, you know, you're all doing the same gen ed. So you're all exactly. in one big mixing bowl. And then once you start getting more specialized in your majors, you just all split. You're like, oh, I got to try to keep my friends now. Yeah. So then it just turned into like. Oh, and then hey. no one does. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, you want to get you want to get dinner at dining hall? Yeah. Doesn't show up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. it's whatever. No, nah, man, I got a chemistry lab then. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Right. Because yeah, I got like, live that night. Sorry. Because what would happen is like, at least for nursing classes, is we had clinical in the morning and nursing classes at night. So it's like, hey man, you want to hang out? I can't. Hey, you want to go to the gym? I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so. Eh. And like my my first two years of school, I was in the dorm. Second two years, I was uh, in an apartment just mm. off campus. First two years, I was one of six people in a dorm room. You had six. Yeah, there were two double rooms and two single rooms. Dang. I had one of the single rooms in both years. Nice. So I was to myself. I don't want to live with anybody. <laughs> I want to be alone. <laughs> but, like, of those uh, 10 other people that I lived with in that time, I don't, I don't think I really, like, truly connected or really, I don't want to say I didn't like, because there were some that I, I, I would say are friends. But I didn't really connect with any of them. It felt like one of them like a lasting relationship with. Yeah, one right. of them was an upperclassman, so that's already like out the out window. The, yeah, yeah. Two of them, the whole dorms um, smelled of weed because they were smoking all the time. Nice. The one there was, he was like the one that I just just mentioned, but the extrovert. He was like, he was like an extrovert, like over the top, like two eleven, and I was like, that's way too much. No, <laughs> I can't handle all this, and it's just. 
I, there was no true lasting connection in any of them. So then once I got to junior year and didn't live in a dorm, then I was just kind of like, right. I have, I have the people I do labs with in class that I'm forced to work with. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> right. And I, I, I did, I did meet a few people my, my first two years, uh, a core three or four that I hung out with, I'd say pretty regularly. Um, but at that point it was kind of like, they were more so like work friends rather than like actually good friends. Mm -hmm. They were, I would, they were friends. I enjoyed being with them. I enjoyed hanging out with them. It was really fun, but it's like, they were only friends because I was at school and that was more or less all I had to work with. If that, I don't admit, I don't want, I don't want to make that sound harsher than it is, but that's a lack of better words. Um, like yeah, they were like work friends is what mm -hmm. I would consider it. That's fair. That's fair. Next question. Yeah, take it away. Do you want to say it? It's all you. Well, if still in school, I don't think any of us are, right? No. Nope. You would so, be the one. Well, we'll do, I don't really count that. Okay. <laughs> um, so we'll go to the second half. If you graduated, are you using what you learned in school in your current profession um and i would say absolutely because i was in veterinary <laughs> school and now i'm a veterinarian so um yeah i'm i'm definitely using everything i've learned um going back a little bit you know like looking at like gen ed courses because i think that's probably like where this topic yeah. would maybe fit best um i would say that for the most part they were useless Mm -hmm. um, I was about to say, is I there did, you're not using? I would say that I had a, like a my, like my basic English course, and we did like a couple papers, and it was it was kind of split like halfway between like a like a research topic or like literature review, which does help like in with what I do, but there's also like creative writing, and I felt like that was where I really struggled because I'm more you know, being like science and math, like that oriented mm -hmm, of my brain, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of creative side I struggle with more. So I really didn't care for that at all. Um, I did take an argument and debate course, and I do think that has helped. Um, and in that aspect of like conversation and explaining things to people, making them see from a different perspective, um, and particularly like with me, with like, my clients, if they start to get argumentative about something or not understanding or like, well, why do you have to do this test? Like, why do you have to do all these things to give me my answer? Why can't you just tell me what's wrong? And kind of learning that interaction with people who are coming from a different side and being able to have that conversation professionally, I think is something that I have continued to use. Right, right. Um, I feel like I would piggyback on your topic by saying that, um, yeah, like gen ed courses didn't really do anything. <laughs> yeah, like it's I time time fillers. Yeah, it, it's it's like the it's it's the scam filler of like let's have you do four years of full things, but like you know half these classes don't really mean anything to you. Yeah, um, you really only need two and a half. Really, yeah. Um, but for instance, like I had similar classes where it was like um like research writing, which was nursing related, which I actually did enjoy because I do like research. I like writing papers like that. I like um like i just like research in general um and then there's like the creative writing class where it's just like let's talk about an apple today and i'm like like okay like i remember there was a class that i took gen ed wise and it was like it was 
the one that was only available within my schedule, but it was about like a professor basically talking about why communism is great. And I was like, okay. Sure thing, bud. I'm like, yeah, right. Okay. And he was like, I, I, again, I was, it was interesting to know like the political philosophy of, of different sides of the coin, but I was like, how how does this relate to my future in any way going forward? <laughs> um, but again, it comes back to just, look, if I really took the classes I really needed to take, I'd be done in two and a half years. That's it. And it's just that to me um, is, I mean, again, to answer the question, yeah, I do use it. I use the stuff I use in undergrad and I use the stuff in like graduate because graduate, I'm sure, you know, Ginger, everything's more focused when you're in post-grad. Oh, yeah. Um, but just like the gen ed stuff is just like, well, okay, like that's great. Like, like public speaking, which I did enjoy, by the way. That was actually pretty fun because the professor was cool. But um, yeah, it, it's, I don't really use it outside of just fun topics such as this. Do I use what I learned in school? <laughs> Let me think real hard. Actually, I'd say I, I use a solid 25%. My degree was in computer engineering. Uh, gen, gen eds are kind of worthless in that aspect, mm-hmm. getting that degree, because you have... Uh, no gen ed i don't think even like correlates to computer stuff um i mean i i I, the one thing i think of is um human geography basically about um the movement of people over time and why why people live where they do and why they've moved around and that sort of thing based on the geography of the terrain and or whatever Mm -hmm. um that has nothing to do with computers. Are you kidding me? That has nothing to do with computer programming or client ser- client server side stuff <laughs> or computer networking or information technology, working in IT, operating systems. That has nothing to do with that. So um, graduated, got my degree, tried for seven-ish months to try to find something some kind of job to do um, in software engineering. Yeah. Software engineering related or um, I was kind of more focused on um, hardware, the hardware side of it. That was kind of more of what I was interested in. I'm kind of trying to not to go into the next question. Um, I was kind of more software or hardware oriented. I was kind of more focused on that. So I was kind of looking more towards that side of things, but it was hard to find you can only do a million different things with a computer engineering degree. So it's kind of hard to find exactly what I even wanted to do in the first place, let alone find a job that kind of tailored to what I was looking for. That wasn't just computer programmer. Cause I absolutely hated computer software. I hated writing code, which is what most of my classes were involved in was writing code. And I, I'm not a code writer. I can, I know what the problem is. I can read code. If you give it to me, I cannot write it. That's, that's not for me. Um, but in the course of taking that curriculum, there's also electrical engineering classes that I had to take as well, which were more hardware related. 
And um, in my current job, I build printing presses. A lot of that, or some of it, um, I look at a wiring diagram and wire, wire, put wires together and wire them up and put them where they need to go. And kind of also a lot of it is troubleshooting related. And I think my computer, compu quote unquote, computer engineering background, um, I, I guess that has kind of helped me know what and how to troubleshoot obviously the first thing you want to do is turn it off and turn it back on again that's the answer to everything but um past that point kind of going in the wiring diagram and figuring out okay this wire goes here this wire goes here let's measure the voltage across these two points i'm getting a voltage why is that not working chase it down that that kind of background i think it's i i can accredit to um more honing that in to school um but as far as like actually using what I learned, it's very, very minimal. But I think that's also just because of probably the job market today. And I don't have a job that uses a lot of that because I couldn't find one. Everyone wanted multiple years of experience and not somebody fresh out of school willing to learn anything. So they wanted them to already know everything. Okay, I have actually a follow-up <laughs> question about that because that is hitting the head on what I kind of want to talk about, partly. Um, and I, it's not going into the next question, thankfully, but I guess bonus question is <clears throat> all of this four-year stuff, or, you know, like for me, it was six years. For Ginger, yeah. I'm assuming seven plus years, eight. eight years. All of that to go look for a job and then be like, oh, we don't want you because you don't have any experience. You're just fresh out of school. We want someone with like 15 yeah. years of experience. That is BS. Yeah. <laughs> because I, again, I rather, what is your opinion about it? You already know mine because obviously I said BS, but it's just, look, at some point you got to take a chance on somebody going in because there's no way that anyone's going to learn if you don't give them the opportunity to grow. Yeah. I think with with my job in particular, we're kind of um, or where I work now, we are in that same boat where um, and I even had a conversation with um, somebody recently, some uh, one of my friends' dads, um, where we're kind of at this lull of everyone is looking for work, everyone is hiring. Do you? look for somebody with experience but it's very hard to find because those people are lacking the amount of those people are lacking or do you take a chance and hire the guy fresh out of school but he has drive he has heart he has a good attitude and he's willing to learn i think you should go the willing to learn route take the oh, people you do have company take the people you do have train the fresh people out of school that are willing to learn and carry on that knowledge and train them up. And then you have a person that's you're willing to keep. The or you can like... take, take the risk and hire or take the risk and turn down everyone because they have no experience, but then you're still looking for people after three, four or five years. The problem with that is big corporations, you know, they're like, this is my business. And mm -hmm. it costs exponentially more, you know, from our graphs and data to 
hire the risk person, the fresh person, and train them and put all that effort into them for the gamble of are they going to stay on? Are they not going to move to another position with better pay once they are experienced yeah. versus trying to find that experienced person? And then they don't have to do any training. They just, it's the easy hire. And from them as a business, they're like, well, yeah, we'll just look for that guy. You know, we can muddle through where we are right now. We'll just keep looking for that experienced guy and go the safe route. I, so I, I, at least from my point of view, I can give some context to that because there was a position that we did have where we hired someone with drive and with, you know, that they were relatively young and everything. And they left within like six months because then they lost that drive or they then started taking advantage of whatever. And they were like, well, and they went back to whatever job they came from. Right. And then the same position that we're hiring, we hired someone with a lot of experience and they seem at least right now to be in it for the long haul. Um, but at the same time, it's, I feel like the context with us in the picture where it's like, I mean, I know the two of you through gaming and it's like, none of us really slack off. Right. And we will do, yeah. we will apply ourselves to whatever we apply ourselves to, but to get someone to take a risk on us in that regard is hard because it's like, again, Ginger, you got a point. Companies are doing risk analysis and are going, well, hey, why would we even entertain this one when they don't even have an experience or they don't really have much to say on paper where, you know, we can get someone with five or maybe 10 years of experience and trust that a little bit more. It's a fine line because I think if you do have someone with drive, it takes more follow up from the leader of that person to make sure they invest in that person. But more often than not, I find that people who do have the drive no, they don't get followed up on because then, oh, you're in the position, go learn and go do these tasks, go do your daily duties, have fun, goodbye. Yeah. Which is an issue too. In my experience though, I I have not run into that issue of like the entry level with the high expectations um, because the, the field is so short staffed that mm. it's, and even, I mean, I'm in a specific position because I'm working on specializing. So I'm going through a bunch of um, matching programs and internships, trying to get to a residency so I can become specialized. So those positions, you know, they're like put out there, like we want an intern. And I go and I say, I will be your intern. And then the algorithm matches me somewhere and I go there and I am their intern. Um, so that's, you know, I'm not having that experience where I'm like, I can't find anywhere to go. Um, but my friends, you know, who didn't go into specialty and just graduated and started working, I haven't, you know, I keep in touch with most of them from vet school that I was close with and none of them have ever talked about, I can't find a job or I struggle to find a job. Um, I'm not having or having issues, you know, finding a place where I'm going to be happy in the like several three years that I've been practicing in these clinics I've been at and people, you know, they don't always continue down this road. They may do one year and decide that it's not for them or they're looking for somewhere else or even technicians that I work with and they're unhappy and trying to find somewhere else. It's not about, for, for what in my experience, it's not been about finding an opening. It's about finding a place that has the culture that they're looking for mm -hmm. that is better than where they are. And that's that's been my experience yep. with yep. what people are looking for. It's not about, oh, I can't find an opening. No one's hiring. It's who's hiring that I want to work for. Right. No, I mean, I, I again, from personal experience, when I um, left 
the job I had after uh, graduating from graduate school to, to the job I am now, I went on a couple of interviews. Like there was a good amount of interviews, but when I met them, it was really cold. It was really not like what I, when I would, a- I would ask uh, specific questions regarding the environment and the, um, the sort of the, 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 the environment of the department. What is like, again, work, not work-life balance, but you know what I'm getting at where it's like, Hey, like, is it just droning on doing work forever? Or is it, you know, like, like what, what's the balance yeah. here? Right. And like the job I landed was ones I told them to, because they asked and I was like, they're like, why did you pick to work here? And I was like, because I believed you guys. I believed you guys when you said that, like, you care for the patients that we, uh, that we serve and you care for the team members that we serve alongside with. And it's like, I see that every day. Um, I still do to this day. It's more difficult now because of stuff that's happening internally and externally, but it's just, they, they were like the first ones I actually believed. And I feel like, especially us now, we're more cognizant of that, I would argue, than before. Yeah. Being through what I have been through in these internships, I have seen the good and the bad. And it's helped me get to a point where I can feel a little bit more confident about when I do get to that point where I'm looking for my steady job, that I can better assess that clinic and that environment. Mm-hmm. to know what the red flags are. Right, right. Slim? I feel like you got words to say. Um, not particularly. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'll, 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 big one. I'll say uh, <laughs> work culture is definitely for our generation and they, well, for our generation, definitely, I would say. Work, work culture is like top priority, number one on the list, I think, when looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Maybe equal to or above pay wage. Um, yeah. Yeah, people but, want to be paid for what they deserve. Agreed. Right. And also, personally, from my experience, um, my, I work for my dad. So he's been he's been trying to find people to um, join the assembly team in in the machine shop at our work at our job. Um, he's had multiple interviews where he's given them offers of however much they want to offer to pay people, and um, it's always been well. He's had multiple interviews. Either one, they just don't show up to the interview and don't say anything. Two. They show up to the interview and then my dad makes an offer and then they're like, uh, no, my other company offered me more money. So I went back to them or three. They just kind of just, uh, we don't hire them because they're not a good fit. Why they're not a good fit that I don't know. I'm assuming it's probably work experience or where we work. A lot of it is attitude related where if you have a good attitude and want to work, then you have a good chance of being hired. We don't want someone that's going to slack off and not do anything as most people do. Mm-hmm. But I think in that regards, it's kind of where I work. I'm the youngest person in the building at 25 years old. The next person up is I think 30. And then it jumps up to like upper forties, fifties, even sixties. And so I think depending on who my dad is looking to hire, I think it's 
what people are looking for is definitely generational based where people like us are working for a good work culture, maybe just looking for to make more money somewhere. Mm-hmm. People may be a little bit older than us thinking more about the future retirement. They might be looking for different things. Okay. And I think finding a balance in that when looking for a job is at least for employers is probably rather difficult where, okay, do we, what kind of, what, based on who we're looking for, what do we need to adjust about how we hire people or how we change the environment to better suit new hires or, yeah. Because like you said, people are always, they're always going back to their previous like you said, the one person was working for six months or whatever, the yep. new hire, and then went back to their old job prior to that. Why did they go back? Was it just a better culture? What did they, did their old job contact them? Be like, Hey, we'd like to give you more money if you came back. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's obviously it. more money is definitely a big draw. I think, especially in today's Post-COVID. economy where that's all people want is more money because they can afford anything. Mm-hmm. But um, I think with our, with our generation, definitely culture is up there as a top priority. Mm-hmm. I would I would probably go further to say that the like the whole work life balance is what's important. It's like yeah, yeah, culture, yeah, the environment. Am I getting paid what's deserving of this position? And then it's like, am I willing to take on more responsibility for getting more for getting more money? Right? Yeah. But it's just and a lot of t- a lot of times people do take on responsibility and then they don't they don't get paid more. Well, there's that too. And, and then there's then, that silent quitting going on that yeah. people have been talking about. <laughs> but the thing is, and and like, because I'm seeing it firsthand, it's, I've gone to the side where I can't blame them because blame who like the people that like are just getting dumped on and they're not getting like raises and they're not, yeah. you know what I mean? Blame the silent quitters. Yeah. And, 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 it might be controversial to say, but like, I don't blame them, especially from like yeah. my point of view. Cause it's like, I can't affect an actual change for them. It's, it's, you know, like we've already made their petition known basically that like, and I've made it known. It's like, look, this is an important person. I can't lose them. We can't lose them. Like the yeah. facility is going to suffer if we lose them. But mm-hmm. if management doesn't want to do anything about that, I can't do anything about that. Yeah, and, and that's philosophy. I've definitely seen. It's, it's like it's, it's not our now. job, or it's not like the worker's job to make it work at that place, and you know, not to feel guilty by leaving that team behind. You know, short staffed. Mm-hmm. It's the company's job to make their employees want to stay there. Agreed. So then, yeah. like these. So for instance, um, one one example I can give is um, we went through uh, an acquisition. And it's the second transition I've had in my career so far. Um, and in the transition or before the transition occurred and the sale occurred, there were some sort of kind of like open house meetings with the new management. And one department in particular was asking them, hey, we know in your other buildings or your other facilities, you outsource this specific department. Are you going to do that here? Like, what are your intentions with 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 mm-hmm. our department? Because we have our own department that's in house. It's not outsourced. It's no third party. There's no agency. It's just us. Yeah. They told them to their face. Management told them to their face. We're not doing anything with you. We're not changing anything. We want to keep you guys in house. We want this. Blah 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 blah. Come to sale date, and probably not even two weeks into the sale, 
I start hearing whispers, and then all of a sudden we get smacked in the face on our side of, because we found at the same time the staff did, which is also a problem. But um, we, we find out they're outsourcing the department. It's either you stay and you sign with the new department or the new AM third party or you leave. And it was, it's a big one because it's like um, the department is a very integral part of the, um, of like the patient experience, right? Basically it it was the rehab department and like, you know, they're giving them therapy. They're giving them physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, all this fun stuff. That's what half of their stay in our facility is for. And they let them go. And just today I was talking to another therapist who handed in a resignation because it's just gotten from bad to worse to worst. And I, I told him, I was like, look, I am sorry. I, I really am. I Number one, I can't do anything about it. I really can't because I don't oversee you anymore. I can't advocate no. for you anymore. I can make the things known that's happening to you to like management in our own structure. But will they do anything about it? Can they do anything about it? I don't know. And it's not like we're not telling them what's happening. We're telling them everything that's happening. And they're, it's just kind of like a blind eye is being set to it. So then yeah. that's why... That context is I, I give that context because I don't blame people who are just getting dumped on with their plate, no compensation, it doesn't get better. When petitions are made known to people who can actually affect change, nothing actually happens. So this is why people silently quit or they leave. Right. And and it's like and I I don't know how to make that clear enough to people or to management or to whatever, because it's just, well, now now we're stuck. And now we're hobbling on one leg. Changing um, the culture that's been present for like decades mm-hmm. is so difficult. Yeah, because right you now, constantly telling them this is not the way it should be done. These mm-hmm. are the changes you need to make. Like this is not the way the world works anymore. And they're like, but we've just been doing this for so long. Yeah, and, and I, can I interject really quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's get, get some final points here and get back on college stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, good point. We're, we're going into just jobs now and <laughs> the post college <laughs> experience. Ahead. Yeah. Go ahead with what you're going to say. Um, but all that to say, I don't blame people for looking for an accurate work-life balance because it's like, at this point, for post-college especially, it's a transaction now. It's like, how much are am, are you willing to give me for my time to give you at work? Yeah. And I'm sure both, like all three of us can probably echo in that sentiment almost because it's like, well... Once I'm out the door at this point, goodbye. Like, I would, in some cases, it's impossible, but you know, yeah, which kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Back to college. Final question. Back to in college. Rather. The final question. All right. So I know this is the one that Slim has been waiting for. So. Do you think it is worth it to pay or go to school with so many things nowadays that you can learn online for just a fraction of the price? I'm going to let Slim take this one. <laughs> you want me to go first? <laughs> Do I want, I mean, I feel like I want to because I feel like you've been holding it for this entire like hour. <laughs> I really don't. Okay. All right. Then, all right. Fine. Then don't, I will, you don't have to go I, first. I can go. I will, um, I will preface this. With, um, in my college career, I do think I made a mistake in how how I finished it, how I went about it, how I 
decided to go about it, I do think I made a mistake. But do I think it is worth it to pay or go to school with so many things nowadays that you can learn online for a fraction? Um, in my personal experience, no, I do not think it is worth it. I do not. I say that. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the mistake I made, first of all. Um, halfway through my college career of computer engineering and taking a bunch of programming classes and software stuff, I realized that those electrical engineering classes that I was also taking with hardware stuff, I realized I liked a whole lot more than the computer classes. So I went to the director of engineering and we kind of talked about it. And it was like, I was like, what do I need to do? Or what, what's the outcome if I switch majors to electrical engineering? And he was like, you can either A, continue computer engineering, get your degree, and then maybe go back to school afterwards and then have, get a dual degree, have two degrees. Or B, you switch right now, lose all of, essentially, lose all of the computer engineering credits that you just have earned over the last two years, and then essentially go back to school for another two and a half, three, maybe four years to get your electrical engineering degree. I opted to continue the computer degree and push through it and get it in hopes that I would land somewhere after school and then go back to school while I'm working and maybe get some tuition reimbursement from that company or whatever, mm -hmm. and also get my electrical degree. I have yet to do that. Um, but I say I don't think it's worth it because, probably more so because, going back to the job market nowadays, it's I'm thousands upon thousands upon thousands, not in the hundreds, I don't think anyway, but thousands of dollars in debt because I went to this school to pay for five years for a four-year degree that I'm not using because I don't, couldn't find a place to use it mm. when I could have, eh, maybe, maybe all of college, maybe, maybe all of college is, college is not not worth it but maybe i should have gone to a community college or prior or something rather than go straight to a four-year school so i could better learn about what i actually wanted to do but as far as it being worth it not only educationally but also um physically mentally emotionally just as a Those, I'm going to say something crazy. Those, those five years of my life, I think I would call maybe the worst five years of my life. Hmm. That amount of time was like so mentally, physically, emotionally taxing on me as a person that the, per the people change over time, yes. But the person before college and the person after college are definitely like complete opposites, two completely different people. Right. So, like, my parents have been pushing me to go back to school recently, which, yeah, I would love to. I'd love to get my electrical engineering degree, leave where I'm at now, go find the, maybe be an electrical engineer somewhere, make a lot of money, go do what I actually want to do. I don't think I can go back to school again because of that five-year span of time, that experience, those experiences that I had in that five-year span. I don't think I would be able to go back to school. I really don't. I don't think I would be able to 
succeed in going back to school. Um, so do I, th do I think it's worth it in my personal experience? No, I do not. I think there's much better ways to go about learning your profession, especially because, well, yeah, especially since, yeah, you have your piece of paper. Jobs don't look at your piece of paper. They look at your work experience. Right. They don't, well, sometimes, yeah, there's requirements. You need an associate's or a bachelor's or a master's degree, whatever you're looking for. But not all the time, they're going to be, mm -hmm. oh, you got a piece of paper? You're hired. That's, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. They look at, oh, you got a piece of paper? That's good to have. What else do you have? What other, what other experience do you have? What other, what other, what other um, qualities do you have that you can bring to the table? So I don't, I think there's just much better ways to go about it than going to a very expensive and astronomical four-year college mm -hmm. or greater. Maybe, like I said, maybe community college is the way I should have gone, probably. Probably a better route overall, especially money-wise, but I, 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 I don't think it's worth it. Monetarily, educationally, life style he i don't think it's worth it i just generally feel like there's a lot to unpack with this question <laughs> um i will semi agree with you but i will be the guy that says yes and no i feel like it college is and isn't worth it um i say no because i understand where you're coming from where it's like there are things that you can truly learn online or learn in like a community college or, or, or work in like a, a, a technical school and get the basis of understanding for what you're trying to go or pursue. And mm -hmm. especially being asked at like 17, 18 to just make a decision and commit to a four-year school right. and finish in four and all that fun stuff is setting people up for failure, I think. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do think it could be worth it in some places because there are some things that you really can't learn just by watching on YouTube. Yeah. Um, you can understand conceptually what nurses or um, engineers or lawyers do or whatever or, or doctors or whatever. You can understand in a conceptual level, but concepts don't carry you when you're actually on the floor in the field. Yeah. Because it's very different from a laboratory or very different from a clinical um like classroom or, or, or whatever. It's not as sterile. Um, but at the same time, I feel as if hearing your experience and again, I, I still like, I'll, I'll let ginger go, but, um, I feel as if again, setting people up to just go, Oh, well, you know, you're a junior year now in high school. You have to start reaching out to colleges. You need to take your SATs. You need to go to a finishing floor. You need to commit to a school. That's not like you're asking like basically like a five-year-old to decide what to do. Yeah. And I'm that's, gonna be an astronaut. Yeah, that's 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 nearly impossible. Um and and I feel like there has to be some kind of interim solution where, hey, for a year or two years, you go to some kind of like vocational technical school or community college and then you figure out where you're going because i yeah. also feel like there's and and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong i didn't really know what i was or what i was doing until like later in the college career rather than in the beginning same you know what i mean 
because I I went into nursing because my parents told me to go into nursing because it's a stable job. It's a stable place to be. You get job security. It's good money, this and that. But was it something I really want to do? I don't know at this point because of all the experience and everything like that. And that's a hard thing for a 17, 18, 19 year old person to kind of navigate through when they don't even know themselves. Yeah. But then, yeah. And then everyone's like, Oh, what are you going to school for? What are you doing? What are you going to do with your life? And you're like, I guess I'm going to be a nurse. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and uh, Jay said, there's so many variables that go into making it worth it. Um, if you're extroverted and love the college experience that much, being able to meet new people, um, then it's worth it. So the value of the college experience or the price of college really changes depending on the person, what they want going out to college, which I agree with too. It's like, what are your intentions? And like some people are yep. there, like I know there are people that came from my high school to go there and um, like they went to party for a year and a half. And like now I don't even know what they're doing in their real life. <laughs> and we're like, I'm 26 or like, you know, the people in that class are 26 and it's like, I don't know what they're doing. I think some of them are in the army now because they don't know what, like, yeah. And I'm not saying that's that you a, don't, that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. And I'm not saying that doing that is bad, but I'm saying it's just like, again, to ask people at such a young age to make adult decisions like that is impossible. But Ginger, the floor yeah, is yours. Ginger, what you got? I'm ready. <laughs> um, I feel like I would land in terms of like yes or no, I think I would land somewhere in the middle. I think very similar to what Jay said, I think it takes a very um, special person, a very like well tuned to yourself person um, to know if going away to a four-year school is going to be worth it to you. Um, looking back retrospectively, um, I can say that it would have been kind of going back to slim sink. I am, you know, multiple hundreds of thousand dollars in debt where I am now with loans, student loans. Um, looking backwards, I could have cut some of that down by doing my gen eds at a community college and then transferring to the school that I needed to go to, to keep going with my degree. Those, those more like core, like major classes at my undergrad were, I'd say that they were critical in me succeeding my first year of vet school. I was very well prepared my first year of veterinary school because of those courses I had at that school. And one of the reasons I picked that school is because when I toured there, they said, we are the number one pre-veterinary school in the country. Like we have all these options, we have all these, you know, resources here to make you guys the most prepared for veterinary school. And I was like, how can I not want to go there? If I want this best place, the best path for me to succeed, this has got to be where it is. Um, and it came at the, a high cost of a private liberal arts college. Um, but do I think that that was worth it to me? Yes. I still think that I had that critical knowledge that allowed me to succeed in veterinary school where the stakes were even higher. The bills were higher. It was out of state school. The courses were tougher and having that kind of upper edge on 
those initial years where I'm adjusting to not only the way the courses are, but the amount of rigor that that coursework and curriculum had, you know, the intensity of how they teach it, how much information is included, the amount of tests that are provided to you in a week. And, you know, that's, that's very different, that lifestyle than even undergrad was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think it just takes a well-tuned person to know if something like that is going to be worth it to them. Um, and I don't think it comes down to your major. I think it comes down to what you're looking out of or looking from, from, from that degree experience. If you have a very specialized interest and you think that, you know, it's going to be something you need that on-site or that very special touch that you can't do online, then maybe you need to go there. Or if maybe you just don't have a lot of funds and you're really concerned about your money, um, then doing maybe some of the early stuff online, then transferring to that school, they can get you the better classes and courses. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, piggybacking on kind of Slim's answer, very opposite. I would say that those four years of my undergrad were the best four years of my life. That's where I had the most enjoyment out of my my career. Um, and it was just, I mean, I made the closest friends there. I had the, the best time. Um, it kind of felt like smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, it wasn't easy. Uh, so it required work. In the moment, I would have said, God, this is awful. But looking back on where I've been, I could say that that probably was, you know, the best four years of my life. So for me, I would say it, it's worth it. I, I mean, I, and and we could talk about it a lot further, but it's just I. I okay, There's a whole can of worms. I know. It, and it's like I'm trying to, like, navigate my thoughts so that it's, like, coherent. But um, again, this is this is said with the power of hindsight which is like super um, clear, <laughs> at least with the with hindsight now. But it's just what, 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 I, what I'm coming at now is, is, is what Slim said, where um, all of that for a piece of paper and for what, which I feel like this entire conversation has been about, right? Is, yeah. Is those four years or... Okay, let's start at the beginning where it's like, you know, junior year, senior year of high school where you're being asked what to do and to make actual decisions about your life. Like, you don't know what you're doing, but that is important. Like, to actually know or to be confident in what you're doing and what, like, and similar to what Ginger's saying is so important because those four years are so pivotal. They are so, so, so pivotal because, again, like, I I have like okay so long story short I was a nursing major up until my senior year. Basically there was like a ton of people that failed out. I was one of them. Um and there were a lot of factors going into it which I could explain a different time. But basically that was a very hard point in my life because I really now didn't know what to do. I was in year 4. I was like this I loved clinical aspect of things. I loved being on the floor. I loved um, like that practical knowledge, like, you know, uh, serving patients and helping them came so clear to me, the conceptual stuff that they would try to push in class was very different to what it was on the floor. And I'm sure Ginger, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that was a crossroads because it's like, okay, now what do I do? Like I've spent basically four years of my life. I'm about to enter senior year and I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no option. There is no option. Like I can't go back. Right. Um, so then I finished in like some public health like thing. And then that's when I went to my graduate degree. But again, it harkens back to just like, well, did, was that something I really wanted to do? Was that something I really wanted to pursue? I did it because my parents told me I had to do it or that it was a smart decision to do. I was conforming to what was, was, was the picture for me as opposed to now where it's like, okay, I am happy with what I do. Like I, I, if I had known about this prior, if I had been educated or, or at least made some research to make some decision back in when I was 17, 18 years old, again, maybe with the power of hindsight or the, the hypothetical is I wouldn't have ended up here if I didn't actually fail and go through what I went through, which is a whole other topic in and of itself. But to make educated decisions like that is almost impossible at that age. And I, I just feel like I hear more stories now of people regretting what they did or what they did in those four years or what they studied because it's not, what they want and you can't take that back that's something i did want to touch on that i think slime initially had brought up uh, is what that i had decided i didn't make the decision to like go on this path um i made it when i was a junior in high school um we had and all the thought that i put into it is i had this career planning course very vague um, and we had done a budget exercise where you had to pick three professions, look up their average yearly salary, and then kind of like pay, you know, kind of simulate, you know, paying bills and, mm-hmm. and budgeting and, you know, how much that would work out for you. And I picked at the time, <clears throat> prior to that, I wanted to be just a science teacher. Um, so I picked a science teacher. Um, I had picked an actor because I did have some interest in acting and I'd had taken some acting courses. Um, And then I picked a veterinarian because in terms of like this kind of still in the sciencey field, but like more medical, I didn't really, and had never had interest in being like a human medical. So I was like, let's just throw that one on there. I like dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So through that exercise, I was like, you know what, this veterinarian thing doesn't seem too bad. They pay better than a teacher. Um, Let's just keep going down this road. And if I fail, then I'll back up to the science teacher. Um, and here I am, nine years later, <laughs> still on this path. And it is something that, you know, I, I think about looking back because I see the people around me and I'm like, I see how passionate they are. And I realize that I am not that passionate. And then it causes like a little reaction in me. I was like, am I in the right field? Or is this, am I just a different person? Do I just have a different personality than these people mm. who have more passion? Because half these people, you ask them, like, when did you, I want to be a veterinarian since I was five years old. And, you know, they're walking around with their little stuffed horses and their stethoscopes. And <laughs> like, I wasn't like that. I, it literally, I mean, it t- sounds terrible, but if like the short answer is, it came down to the money for me. I was like, oh, they make more than fair. a teacher. Guess That's I'll fair. go here. And here I am. So I think, and then, going back to Mango's point is it really is just like it takes that person that knowledge to know you know if this is really what you want to do at that age then maybe you can make it through but 
sometimes you don't know, and that can be a big risk. Because if you get kind of like slim, if you get two, three years into it, and you start to question and say, mm, maybe I need to change, mm -hmm. then that can be more and more costly to make that change. And was it worth to use those first three years? Is that something that you're going to regret? Does it mm -hmm. cause you some financial constraints? You know, that can all be part of it that may not be worth it. Mm -hmm. And sorry, I, I wasn't sure if you were finished, but I just wanted to say, oh, yeah, I'm done. And all of that, all of this, right? All of our experiences all huddle into one for the possibility or slight chance of getting a job in the field that you actually studied for on that piece of paper. Slight Slim chance. chance. <laughs> Slim. Yeah. And, 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 and I feel like that's why well, I, feel like I got the job that I studied for. Fair. That's fair. But <laughs> well, you had circumstances that, you know, put you, you across that line. <laughs> you were handpicked to be there. <laughs> but, but it's like more often than not, like the people that I saw that was outside of nursing, outside of like engineering or business, um, those guys are working at like entry level jobs in some like other company or some other thing like that to even have an opportunity to go work in whatever they actually wanted to do. Some of them aren't even actually working in the field that's on their paper. And that's a lot of time and a lot of money to like throw out the window for the off chance that you might be able to actually work in the field that you wanted to before 30. And that's crazy to me. Like that, that's, that's, I don't know. But Jay says, also one thing I feel like is pretty overlooked when it comes to college is the fact that it makes your future more predictable because you have this rough outline of what it looks like, i.e. four years of school and then finding a decent job. But if you decide not to go to college, you usually start a minimum wage job and work your way up. I feel like your futures have so much more um, are so much more unpredictable this way and requires more self-discipline in terms of having to hustle more to gain more experience and blank. I think he ran out of characters. But I I would I think it definitely builds different individuals. Mm -hmm. I I feel like it's, you, know, you go through college and sometimes you see, you know people who are like ah oh, well now I'm entitled to this high paying job and then mm -hmm. you have like the people who have like worked away from the ground up and you're like well what about this guy he's who's got more experience put in ten years of the effort yeah and and at least from the hiring side it's difficult to make a decision on that because it's like there are people that I know that sit there and go, well, they don't have a degree, so I can't give them this. But I sit there and I'm like, well, they got like 15 years of experience, man. What else do you want? Like they know what to do in that position inside and out. But just because there's no degree, and and again, it's like I feel like degrees are just barriers to entry. It's not so much that it sets you up. It's just, oh, now we can take you a little bit more legitimately, which equally is not fair or fair depending on what you think. Yeah, like my, like I said, my parents have been pushing me to go back to school, and my dad's my boss, and so he's been like, if you go back to school and get your degree, I get you more money. I'm like, that shouldn't be a, a factor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm out here having six different jobs, doing 12 different things, getting the wage that I make, because I because we're already short-staffed. Everyone's got to know how to do basically, like, everything everyone is a uh, special i know i know how to do things that my dad does not does not know how to do because i've taken on responsibilities um conveniently i've kind of been thrown into um the actual electrical engineers assistant more or less 
And so I've worked with him to test a bunch of the machines and everything and troubleshoot and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of, I've, I wear six to 10 different hats in the place, but it, then it's like, well, if you, get, if you get this piece of paper after 80,000 more dollars in debt, I can pay you more money. Like that's, mm-hmm. I'm already doing the jobs of 12 people. I, I, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be preventing me from getting a sig. Granted, yeah, I still get raises every year or whatever, but I, that shouldn't be preventing me from getting a significant raise for 10,000 more a year or whatever. For- if you had that electrical engineering degree, and would you stay where you are to get that higher raise and or do they have the options to do what you want to do or would you start looking for somewhere else that has more of what you want to do i would look for somewhere else the place that i'm at is we we actually recently ginger i haven't told you this we recently got um bought out as of like yesterday um but we're essentially a slightly bigger than like mom and pop shop or very small knit group. I know everyone in the building. There's maybe a total of like 30 people in there on like, if everyone's actually there working that day, there's maybe 30, maybe pushing 40. So it's very small. And we have um, two mechanical engineers that that both um, specialize in, this guy has all these machines, this guy has all these machines, and then there's one electrical engineer. And so for me to get an electrical engineer degree and then try to get entry-level electrical engineer position where I'm at, I don't think that's going to be possible as long as that other engineer is there. Mm. I would get more, I would probably get a significant raise knowing that I went through the school, have the degree, have a, a better knowledge of electrical components than I did previously. But I wouldn't have, I don't think I would be a second electrical engineer. I don't think they had the capacity for that. Yeah, I think that was just my point is like, what what good does it do to send you to go get that degree if there's not an app position. position for you? Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that like, and, and I've seen it firsthand where where people who have the experience but don't have the piece of paper get X, like the job title that's X assistant because mm-hmm. you're doing the same work just without the degree and they don't pay you. Yeah. Which whack. is pretty whack. Um, Jay said the job that he just got hired at told me at the interview that the reason they only hire people with degrees isn't the fact that they're smarter or knowledgeable, but it's the fact that they can see that they had the dedication to stick to something for four straight years. Yeah, that is mm. valid in some cases. Not always. Yeah. I, I see it's it's back under well you got the paper but what else do you got yep it's yep and what else can you give me yeah like in slim's case i mean you had the dedication to stick to it and get that computer engineering degree but mm-hmm. that's not what you want to do right right, right. I, I don't know like i'm um, going good sorry no go ahead you go you go i was gonna change points sure go ahead um, going going back to what Jay said previously about um, going to college can kind of give you an outline an outline of your career and the rest of your life. What if you go to college and don't have an outline? Mm. What if you go to college and don't don't wind up creating that outline and you're still kind of just like meandering around, going with the flow, and you're like, I still have no idea what's going on. 
I don't know what I'm going to be doing when I'm 60 years old. I have no idea. And and the thing is, I think that's I think that's kind of where we're all coming to when, from. When I first even thought about college, I was like, as probably related to um, Ginger wanting to be a vet, I was like, yeah, I'll be a vet. I like animals. I don't want to. I want to take care of animals. That's cool. And then I found out I can't see. I can't see in the side of blood. I'll pass out. That's okay, well, that's, that's, that's that. scratch. I can't do that. Oh, this was probably like maybe like middle school, maybe even earlier. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was, it was probably middle school because that's when I cut my hand and passed out. Okay. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't be a vet. That's going to be impossible. And then, um, my dad uh, was a field engineer for the same printing presses that I'm working on now and was very, um, I want to say he has an associate's electrical technician degree or something to that effect. I don't know exactly what it is. It's not a four-year degree, but I think it's it's an associate's electrical something or other. And so I think that's kind of where I stemmed my focus on computer engineering was, was, um, and he's always been fixing his the, the family's computers and everything like mm-hmm. at his house in in the basement he has like an office with a bunch a bunch of old computer it's all junk at this point but it, he had his own office with a bunch of computer components and keyboards and mice and monitors everywhere and a bunch of cables and it was more or less his workshop i guess for computer stuff and i think that's kind of where i stemmed my focus on computer engineering was was probably from him now I tell people I'm going to school for computer engineering, and they're like, well, what do you want to do? I have no idea. Again, there's only a million different things I can do with a computer engineering degree. I have not researched any of them, which is my own fault, yes, but I've not researched any of them. I don't know what the capabilities are. I don't know exactly what computer engineering even entails. Is it software? Is it hardware? Is it both? Is it IT? I have no idea. So it's kind of going into college. Yeah, I had no outline. Halfway Halfway through college, I had no outline. Graduating, I had no outline. So it's kind of to my again, I made mistakes, had my own faults, yeah, but kind of going through it, I had no idea where I was going to get dropped into mm. out come out coming out of school. And I feel like at least that's like the side that I'm kind of coming from, at least throughout this part like this episode. It's just I don't think you're ever truly prepared. Yeah. Because never. Because again, like I remember junior, senior year, it was like, oh, you got to make sure you do well on your SAT so that you get into your first, third, second choice, whatever colleges that you want to get into. You got to start thinking about all the degrees that you want or the majors that you want to pursue because it's you got to get a good paying one. You got to get a good um, job security one. But like even then at that age, it was like nursing. I guess I know what nursing is from my mom's experience, but that's a that's a certain experience that I it's not um, exhaustive. I know like an engineering background from my dad, but it's like, I don't know much about it. I just know that it pays well. And then there's like, you know, um, whatever other careers that I probably wrote down in some odd class that was just like, well, this one sounds nice. Yeah. Like, sure. Firefighter. Yeah. Like I, I, I'll fill a blank. There's no way to, it's, it's difficult because there's no way to know unless you're there. But then there's also, that just makes it difficult because you can't uh like the preparation or or like if you make a mistake you're wasting more time and money and it's a it's a it's a risk that you're taking yeah it's a big risk 
to yeah. be able to figure it out later in the career rather than before. But there's no way to accurately prepare somebody unless they go to some kind of like technical or vocational or some community college type situation where they see part of it and they become enthralled to pursue it. Yeah. Um, I like it's not like you went to the sushi bar and you're like, let's try this. And you're like, mm, didn't like it. Guess I just won't go. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, you know, $50 down the drain. It's like thousands of dollars down the drain, especially if you go out of state or whatever, or you do some, whatever and usually it's time, you know, it's not yeah. half an hour either. No. Yeah. It's four years and like it's 15, 20,000 down the drain and years of your life gone. Yeah. Wasted. And the thing is, especially at that age or like even now, right? Like, I'm 26, you're 25, Ginger. I don't know how old you are. I'm not going to ask, but 29. 29. It's like, I'm sure we could all collectively look back and find situations where it was like, man, I wish we could just cut that corner and like erase that. And I'd be 25 <laughs> and I'd be at where I am now. Right. But again, that's, that's hypothetical and power of hindsight for you. But, um, uh, Jay said, well, in that case, I think it was, this was to your question, Slim and Ginger. Yeah. Um, well, in that case, college wouldn't be worth it, but not going to college wouldn't make your future any more predictable. I feel like if you go to college, even without having a set plan or idea with what you want to do, it kind of forces you to be more proactive about making choices about your future. But then again, everyone is different. College for me was more of a plan B because I didn't know what to do. But worst case scenario, if I never figure it out, I would have a degree that I could use for leverage and it would be in a field that I didn't hate, i.e. accounting and business. But to be frank, I wouldn't want to live my life whole life working a nine to five, but it's more of a way to generate money and fuel my hobbies and passions outside of work and hopefully turn that nine to five into what I really want out of life. Fair. That's fair. I feel like you I agree. Can still go through college and it's not going to force you to make hard decisions. No, it takes, it takes, it, it's about you as a person. If you were in that situation where you are lost and misguided and don't know where you're going, it's on you as that person. If you are driven enough to seek out those answers, go to advisors or counseling, mm. take personality tests to figure out what kind of skill sets you have, what, what you like. So not everyone is like that. That's going to search it out. They may just work through their, you know, MBAs and go about their life and, you know, send emails for the rest of their life on the beach. Mm. You know, it's, it's not everyone's going to have that self-driven character to, find that road going through that those steps i think that's kind of going back to what i said like with the independence and the lifestyle that it takes to succeed out there you know on your own you have to be self-driven enough to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. take control of your own life and direction yeah and and again i i think i think we're I don't know whether you want to say it's fortunate or it's a it's a blessing that we were able to actually find what we were or we are actively trying to find what we're looking for. But I I find you're not wrong that there's a lot of people that kind of just spiral and they're just like, well, I'm just going to stay in the situation because it kind of works. But yeah. then live like, at least I'll have the paper at the end. Yeah, it's kind of like I had a couple of people that are like that are like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but at least I'll be done. Yeah. And 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 for people to have that kind of experience tells me that the system failed them 
or that they weren't like whether and the system by system i mean like you know like high school counselors high school advisors like the their support circles or whatever or the people that they were in in college um because i also feel like there should be an active participation from outside of that person's individual life to make or help them guide along the path of decision making um and i'm sure that they do try and advisors in university did try but it's like it's not really trying trying it's let's just put this out there and see if they bite back and that's our version of trying you know um, right because from their perspective they're like this should be on you agreed. you should come yeah. to me with your questions you should be driven enough to seek me out. right right that's how they see it on their end yeah but again some people Number one, whether it's because of personality or number two, because they, they're afraid or don't know what to do or just lack of knowledge, don't do that. And I would, I don't know what the number is, right? Like, I'm pretty sure we could look it up, uh, like, if we did some research on it. But, like, the amount of people that are working in the fields that they signed up for. I'm sure that's a metric out there on Google or something like that. Gotta be. There's, has to be one. But it can't be overwhelming amounts that people are actually working in their field. I'm sure it's, I, I would venture it's under 50% more than anything. I was going to guess like 50, 60. Right. But that's still a low number like that. And, and I feel like that shouldn't be right. I think Slim's looking it up, but um, Jay also <laughs> agrees that that's a sad fact. A lot of people lack hustle nowadays, which is true. I, I, I would agree with that statement. Um, okay. Well, it's not. I, there was times I lacked the hustle. I, I, I don't want to say it's aimless, but I feel like more people in our age bracket are kind of just going with the flow and they don't care because what else is, you know, what else is there to do? Or I also feel like there's a bigger proportion that are fighting the system. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of that has been the growing disparity from tuition costs right and benefits once you're done and i think that's causing a lot of people to step back and question it and kind of say what's the point right i think um an example to use and it's not to like harp on streaming but like i feel like people have made self-made careers out of things that you make yourself i.e youtube careers or like streaming oh, yeah. careers or like start and like self-business like social just- yeah Outside of the prototypical, like, you need to go to four-year college, you need to go to a marketing degree, you need to learn how to do this. Like, no, like, people are just doing it on the spot, uh, right? Just make slime. Yeah. Yeah. And then make or True. make make a fidget spinner. And, Easy. You know, Shake your butt on TikTok. Yeah, or do that, too. Send some feet pics, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't need a degree. Feet finder? Did you actually right. get that metric? Yeah, I got Yeah, I got it. This is for, as of February, February 8th, uh, 2023. From resumebuilder.com. Roughly one-fifth of recent graduates, 21%, are working in jobs either full or part-time that aren't related to their major. That are not related to their major. Yes. Despite the current current job market, 47% have been able to secure full-time employment in a job related to what they studied. It's like 50%. Right. So we weren't actually off on that. Ish. Are doing what they are doing what for. they went to school right, for, right? But then I'm sure there's also metrics on job satisfaction for new graduates coming out too. There has to be. Yeah, uh, percent of new graduates. 
Uh, trying to see if it's in this. There's a bunch of stuff. Um, okay. 34% of employed college grads could have gotten their current jobs without a college degree. Say that again. 34% of employed college grads could have gotten their current jobs without a degree. Hmm. That's interesting. So they, they, 34% of people wasted their time in college is basically, basically what yeah. they're saying. Yeah. Um, Maybe. So I looked up um, the Pew Research Center. Um, when it comes to their current jobs, about half, 53% of all employed college graduates in their mid-20s and early 30s say they are, quote, very satisfied at work. In contrast, only 37% of comparably aged millennials with a high school diploma or less are satisfied with their job, according to their survey. Um, most, so half. Yeah, half. So we're not off by that half, actually. Uh, while most workers say their education has been at least somewhat helpful on the job, uh, 47% of college graduates ages 25 to 32 report that their schooling has been, quote, very useful in getting them ready and getting them ready for a job or career. So, about, yeah, so our half estimate actually isn't that bad. Um, okay. Yeah. Final thoughts. Yeah, it's it's been a long one. Yeah. I think my final thoughts would sum up that I think growing up in in my time, it was a lot of people saying, "Got to go to college, and you got to get a degree. Mm-hmm. You just have to. You got to do it." And I think college is not for everybody. And I think it takes a special kind of person to succeed at college period slim uh i would agree with that um i would say definitely uh college is not for everybody yes um definitely use all of your possible resources you can to um do your research and get the help that you need before you go to school. Take a year out of high school if you need to. I think before you start spending $80,000 to go to a four-year school, you should go in with a at least solid idea and a backup plan of what you're going to do. And it's essentially... Given all uh, all of our experience, it's essentially up to you to make college what you want it to be, whether it be a good experience or a bad one. Agreed. Or just are you there for education or are you there to party? You know, it's it's what college is what you make of it, and it's ultimately up to you to do all the research and use all your resources to make it so. Mm-hmm. I would probably say regardless of whether you do go to college or not, you have to make a plan and set yourself some hard deadlines um, so that you don't walk around aimlessly. I would basically take what you said, both said a step further where it's like, if you do take a year um, off from in between um, high school and college, okay, you make a set date, you get all your research ready. Here's when you have to hand applications and blah, 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 blah. Um, Cause if you don't give yourself that personal clock, you're not going to do it. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to school. Yep. And that'll just, again, whether that is your plan or not, 
that's you, you, you need the self-discipline to be able to actually get that done. Because, again, you'll need self-discipline when you do go to college, if you choose to go to college, regardless of what career you choose. Well said, everyone. Well said. It was a long and... This was Someone a close long... us out. Ginger, do you want to close us out, or...? Long and juicy. You just clap. Solid clap. Yeah. It was, <laughs> that was a director's cut. Um, I guess, but basically, if you've made it this far, it's literally an hour and 40 minutes. Thank you for listening. I'll, again, I'll break it down in chapters for you guys to be able to break each bit down. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Ginger, thank you so much for taking the time to, to yes, thank you. You know, thank you, thank you. break bread with us and talk about life a little bit. I enjoyed this a ton. I know Slim did. I hope you did too. I learned some new things. <laughs> wow. About your own brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So um, Ginger, are there, is there anything that you want to plug? I don't know if you want people to follow you or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, don't follow me. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Never mind. <laughs> um, but yeah. So stay um, where you are. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so uh, Slim, take a look at Slim's channel. Uh, take a look at all our streamers' channels. Um, I know yes, sir. Ginger and Slim play a ton of Destiny, so if you're into that, go hang out with them. They're probably going to go play Destiny after this. Yep. Um, yep. So, you know, take a look at their stream. Um, they're pretty funny to listen to. I listen to them myself. The banter is good. It's pretty good. Brothers, so it's pretty good. It works out pretty well. Um, but thank you guys for watching. Um, again, this will probably be out whenever it comes out, two weeks after whatever date the previous episode comes out. Um, if you guys want to watch us live and see it in person, we record every Friday. But if not, see you on YouTube or whatever else other platform we have. Um, chat, thank you for contributing. And um, yes, we'll see you guys you. next time. Thanks for letting us invade your ear space. Bye. <laughs>